stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. So I read this story yesterday. I hadn't heard of this case uh, up until recently. And I thought, holy cow, this is just an insane story at so many levels. And it raises so many big questions. Certainly at, at one level, this is a what would you do? What would you do in this situation? And there's a question of how should our justice system deal with what happened and a fateful night in Toronto that left one person dead, one person facing a charge of manslaughter. As Richard Warnica writes in the National Post, would you take a life to save a life? And you need to choose now. What do you do? If you act, you might kill someone. If you don't, you might let someone die. But you can't know, you won't know until after you act. June 7th, Anthony James Kiss was in that exact situation at a West Toronto intersection. And he made a fateful decision to run over and kill a man by the name of Dario Romero. Now, as mentioned, he's charged with manslaughter, also charged with impaired driving. Now, I went back and I found some initial stories about this case, and that was really all it was. You know, scant details about uh, a fatal hit and run in Toronto, an individual charged with manslaughter, impaired driving seems pretty clear-cut. But this case is anything but clear-cut. Anthony James Kiss says he intervened to save a woman's life. The woman in question says that Anthony saved her life. Joining us on the line is the aforementioned uh, Richard Warnica, NationalPost.com. Richard, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you ever encountered a story like this? I mean, this sounds like something out of a movie. It's just, it's crazy. I've I've never seen something as specific as this. And, you know, I I even reached out to people who study moral dilemmas like this for a living, and and no one had ever heard of anything with as many layers as this one. Yeah, moral dilemma. I mean, that's certainly a great way of putting what this is, uh, because that's exactly what this guy was in. And even by his own admission, right, just so we understand the specifics of the case, he admits that he had been at a concert, he admits that that he had been drinking, and he he did flee the scene after. Is that all correct? That's right. I mean, this is um, according to, you know, none of this has come out in trial. Effectively, after this happened, he gave a couple interviews to the Toronto Star and uh, since has not spoken. So this is based on on what he told them then. Now, the woman in question, um, she maintains that Anthony saved her life. He's her angel, I think she called him. Yeah, I mean, it's remarkable. She's, uh, you know, a hotel housekeeper, you know, what time they start work. She's at a bus stop at four in the morning, minding her business, looking at her phone, and all of a sudden, uh, according to her, this guy attacks her throws her to the ground, kicks her, pulls out a knife. She gets up and runs into the street uh, and, you know, thinks she's about to die. And then, boom, Anthony Kiss runs over the guy who's attacking her. Okay, so in terms of of that side of things, do do police accept the version of events that this woman has told? Do, Do they concede or do they believe that indeed she was attacked? Uh, we don't know yet, and and I should note that um, they did drop the most serious charges against him last week, so he's no longer facing manslaughter or impaired driving causing death. They've knocked it down to just impaired driving, dangerous driving, and, and fleeing the scene of an accident. Now, what they said in court was, we don't see a reasonable prospect of conviction, which you often hear when they 
they don't want to say we don't think this happened, but we just don't think we have the evidence to prove it effectively. Did they ever get a blood alcohol reading on him, or is is that based on an assumption that that he had been impaired? Yeah, I mean, he told the star that he blew just over the limit. Okay, so eventually yeah. they did. Yeah, I mean, they caught him uh, or they pulled him over uh, not far out of town. So he lives outside of Toronto in a place called Wasaga Beach. And um, where this happened is sort of the northwest end of the city, and they caught him uh, sort of halfway between there and to his house. It couldn't have been more than half an hour later. Okay, so he stumbles across a scene that just, you know, most of us never would, and I suppose hope we never would, where you're witnessing what could be potentially a murder in progress. And do you have a moral obligation to intervene? That's a tricky question, but that's essentially, as we understand, or certainly as he tells it, that's what he was confronted with. Yeah, and, and, and it's remarkable because it's not like, you know, you, you do something like this in the classroom or someone gives you, uh, you know, a, a would you do it. And in those cases, you always have perfect knowledge, right? It's like, if you could save this person's life, would you take this person's life? But in this situation... You know, you see something out of the corner of your eye, you, you see what you think is an attack, and, and you have to decide right in that moment. He had to decide right in that moment based on imperfect knowledge, based on it's four in the morning, based on I've been drinking. If I do this, I could screw myself big time. Yeah. If I don't do this, what can happen? I mean, it's it's an impossible situation to put someone in, and it's, it's an impossible situation in some ways to even morally judge after the fact, because there are so many different different contours to it. Well, he took a life, and some might view that as an immoral act. Uh, and, and we don't know. I mean, we don't know what would have happened had he not intervened. We can look at what we know and what these uh, two individuals who are witnesses to it have said, but we, you know, we, we'll never know for sure. Yeah, and I mean, you know, the 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 family of, of the guy who died has said this is a, this is a father, this is a loving relative. Uh, he's someone who had, who had struggled with some mental illness after his sister died, but you know you have to feel for them as well because um, you know this is maybe a guy who's in crisis and lashes out, and uh, next thing you know he's he's dead. Yeah, well, right, and and that may be part of the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and it's something you note in in your story that you have this instant assessment of what's going on and maybe there's something you, you you don't know i mean you know it's it's conceivably possible for example as you point out in your story maybe this is uh someone's making a movie some college kids are, are shooting uh some kind of a, a movie or so you know it could be a lot of different things and what if it had been an innocent situation what that would totally change the conversation then wouldn't it yeah, it's fascinating. I talked to a guy named Fiery Cushman. He's um, he's a he's a moral psychologist at Harvard who uh, basically put it in the terms of something he called moral luck, which is basically how we judge people differently uh, based on luck more than more than what they could have done. You know, if if Kiss had come to that intersection, seen exactly what he saw but it turned out it was some kids pulling a prank and, and he'd made his decision. You know, you can guarantee the, the reaction from the law, the reaction from the public, the reaction, you know, I'd be on talk radio talking about this guy who who murdered a man in cold blood rather than this insane moral dilemma situation. Yeah. But the inputs he had are identical, right? Like he doesn't have anything different. And we usually think about that from the opposite way. Whereas, uh, you know, the example I cited in my story is, 
you know, me and you, we go out for some drinks. Uh, we both drive home. We both fall asleep. I drive my car into a lawn and hit a bush and get a fine. You drive your car into a lawn and, and, and hit someone and kill them. You go to jail for 15 years. Right. Morally, what's the difference between what the decisions we made is nothing, but the consequences purely on Locker are dramatically different. Yeah, that's such a great point. So this case, uh, it's coming back to court in just a couple of weeks here, right? Yeah, early December, and the prosecutor said last time um, we should know then whether it'll be resolved, and I'm presuming that it'd be a plea, or whether uh, Kiss wants to take it to a full trial and 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 try to you know air his side and and argue. I guess presumably that you know he never would have been caught if he hadn't uh, you know made the extremely difficult choice to to intervene in this situation. Right. Does doing something heroic absolve you of your own wrongdoing? I mean, that's that's an interesting question. Yeah, and it's and, and it's a, it's an interesting question legally and morally. You know, I mean, the law suggests probably not, but uh, but people like you and me can say, well, should it? I mean, should we judge this guy's decision to to, to have some beers and, and drive home differently because we only know about it because he was faced into this, you know, horrific life changing experience? Yeah, so many fascinating questions. Really curious to see how this plays out then uh, in, in, well, and I guess in a few days. Uh, Richard, thanks so much for joining us here. People can read your piece again up at nationalpost.com. Thanks again for this. Appreciate it. Thanks very much. Thank you. Richard Warnica uh, with the National Post uh, and the fascinating story of Anthony James Kiss. Does what he did, saving a life, it appears, absolve him of the laws he broke? It's such a a complex story at so many levels. So he fled the scene. He blew over. But you know what? The selfish thing would have been to just pretend he didn't see what he saw. Drive home, go to bed, wake up sober. No one would have known. That would have been the selfish thing to do, wouldn't it? So do we give him credit? Do we applaud him for doing what was clearly unselfish, intervening to help this woman realizing that it would be to his own detriment? Fascinating. Nine seven four eight two five five. Joe, what do you think? Hey, how's it going, Rob? Real good. Thanks for taking my call. I just wanted to weigh in on this. Um, I think there's a bit of a, a problem with our justice system when it comes to cases like this, in that any any normal guy, if he sees some woman getting beat on, he'll he'll either it's that fight or flight kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. I've myself been in that situation before, and I've, I've never been in a fight in my life. Never never got into fisticuffs, but I came across a situation while I was driving uh, where I saw some guy beating on this woman on the side of the, right in the intersection. Wow. I stopped my truck, and I literally knocked the guy unconscious, just beat him up till he was unconscious. Having never been in a fight, not even thinking about the situation, that's just how you act. It's just a reaction. It's a moral, it's just, it's almost like a moral obligation that we're pre-programmed with that you see somebody getting that kind of uh, abuse, you just step in. I think there's a problem with our justice system with that. You know, you're making these, these uh, clearly a good moral decision, and the guy that's doing the, the good work, you know, granted this guy was drinking and whatever, that's, that's a totally different issue, but... The, the core thing of where he stepped in and, and uh, you know, acted on behalf of this lady, there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. The, the, the problem is, is our justice system doesn't allow for proper moral judgments. 
Yeah, that's a great point, Joe. Thanks for sharing that with us. What would you do in that situation? Now, maybe a lot of people would say, hey, I wouldn't be out at that time of night. I wouldn't be um, drunk behind the wheel. So is it possible to separate the two? You know, say, Anthony, you did a heroic act. Congratulations. You saved this woman's life. But yeah, you did blow over. And we got to deal with that. 974-8255. Back with more of your calls right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.